You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. This, I almost said the literary briefs episode. Well, Matt, I'm fine. It's okay. I'll catch up. I am your host, Erica Lance. My amazing co-host today is Danielle Orsino. Do not forget to like and subscribe to us. I have to say that. I didn't think I'd have to say that, but I do. So hit the button. You're listening. Um, Our amazing, or watching, I should say, YouTube fans. Hi, we love you. Um, Our amazing guest today is Tamitha Kane. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's talk about what we're drinking so people can drink along. So I decided to go a little bougie today. I'm a little bougie today. Um, I I say that because I found this. It's actually sparkling elderflower lemonade. Ooh. It says on it literally crafted with nature with hand-picked flowers. Now. Oh, you are fancy. Wow. I, it's a level of fanciness. I've had this before, but I mixed it with my floral gin upstairs. Oh, that's real fancy. It's, I am so, and I'm drinking out of our um, drinking with authors. As you can tell, I've used this a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, swag. So I'm, I'm bougie, but not in a bougie glass. Fancy, but fancy. Not, yeah, super fancy. Um, so Danielle, what are you drinking today? Oh, I see we have one of the evil queens. Yeah, I've got Maleficent. She's back. Maleficent has returned again. I- I'm going. I'm going with a hot toddy today, mm-hmm. just to help him with the voice a little bit. But we're doing like it out it. of Maleficent's cup, so you know it's little evil on a couple different levels. I I enjoy that. It's been very chilly up here. You live in North Carolina with me, so I'm with you 100% on hot toddies. But near, not nearly as bougie, but a better cup than me. Okay, <laughs> Tamitha, what are you drinking? Well, uh, in true form, I think I, I sent you guys two pictures because um, I was like, well, it's early. Maybe I shouldn't go for my, my wine because I love red wine, all different kinds of red wine. So I poured myself a Stella Artois. Oh, look at that, that glass. That's beautiful. My daughter gave me that. Isn't it pretty? Because um, I love uh, pansies, so cute. But then, uh, but then I don't want this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went and got the, what I really wanted, which was the wine. And this is a um, oh gosh, translations. Because um, I'm a sucker for labels and titles of wines, but it's a translations uh, Merlot. Wait, yeah, I love it, and that glass is beautiful as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this one's been around. A while. I think it's the last of the sets. I've had it for a long time, but it's the last one that survived. The flowers or the fruits used to be much brighter and more vibrant, but it's the last one. I so. appreciate it. I feel outcupped in this particular podcast. I'm just, I feel very outcupped. Well, I, I have a can. I have a can here. I'll pretend that. You're not drinking that. That doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Okay, so for those listening or watching, um, what do you write? 
Um, I write um, uh, a variety of, of uh, genres, but uh, I tend to really like uh, historical fiction, but, um, and I know a lot of authors feel this way, but it, it really is uh, uh, the kind of stuff that really doesn't fit in just one genre, which I think is just kind of the way a lot of women's fiction or even historical fiction is, is going these uh I agree. I don't think it should be boxes. You could have said, yeah. I write these 10 genres. It, right, I don't think right. there should be a box right. around mm -hmm. genres. I, I don't think so either. I, I just think it's it's so it's just so lame. I just can't stand it. And you know, I understand that you know it helps to know where the books can go in the bookstore and what the reader can expect, but I'm not sure the reader should always know what to expect, you know, unless that's what you're looking for. But, you know, sometimes a real human story, it's got all of those, it's got mystery and it's got romance and that's life, you know, and so that's what I really enjoy is including all those elements. In my life. I agree. I think um, I, I talked about this on a recent podcast, which hello, everyone listening who may not be a writer, or even if you're a writer, I may shock you with this term, which is a bicep code, right? which is the code that puts books in a genre. And really that's, that is used for putting in the bookstore, but it's also used to go, oh, you liked this book. Well, this other book has the same bicep code. So you may like that. Right. So it can help you continue on because none of us can write enough to feed our, our audience. But bicep codes change every year and they're changing because of self-publishing and small to mid-sized publishers like your wonderful publisher, Orange Blossom, for right. instance. And it's because they change and we go, yeah, so that's not a thing. Because paranormal romance was not a genre until I want to say way less than 10 years ago. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, paranormal romance became an actual like bisect code, mm -hmm. which is how they're calculated. And this year, there was like something like 160 new bicep codes or something crazy like that that came out for 2022. So they it is changing because self-published authors are making and small to medium publishers that are not like in this like we're going to keep everything in a box are changing it and going mm -hmm. this is cute but this is this is actually a genre and you need to make it a genre so mm -hmm. I, I i agree with you so um what is your latest book what are we working on what is what is happening now in your world well uh, this year has been a little bit crazy because it was going to be it's my debut year and and uh, my first book song the chimney sweep came out in august um, and, you know, I was just focusing on everything to do with launching that book. And, um, sometime in the summer, um, I realized that the, the other book that, uh, I was working on with, with Ariel at Orange Blossom, um, really had like a, a, a time sensitive situation coming up. And, uh, it was that, but that second book is about Una O'Neill Chaplin, who was Charlie Chaplin's fourth wife. And she was also the daughter of, um, Eugene O'Neill, the playwright. And, um, we realized that there was a movie coming out where, uh, Toby Maguire was going to play a, well, at the time they said he was going to play Charlie Chaplin and that's evolved. Now they're saying he's playing a Charlie Chaplin-esque character. Um, but, uh, we thought, wouldn't it be great to get this book out around the same time that the film comes out? So we just been, you know, we were we were in the middle of it. It was it was getting close, but uh, we uh, we really worked hard to get it uh, get it out. It's coming out January third. Um, that is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is uh, "Song of the Chimney Sweep," 
um, which is completely different. Um, it's a dual timeline historical fiction that includes a lot of uh, musical history and um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's got a podcast that's looking into the disappearance of a, of a lady that's based on a real story here where I live in Florida, North Florida, um, or inspired by that, that uh, missing woman story. Um, but Jacksonville has a lot, and North Florida has a lot of um, musical history that's not that well known, and that a lot of us feel like um, the city should, should really play up a little bit more and let people know about it. Um, and so I really wanted to, as a former musician myself, I really wanted to um, include that as a major thread in this book. So, um, so that's Song of the Chimney Sweep that came out in August. Very, very cool. That's exciting. So um, this is your first novel. Is this the first time you've been published? Uh, yes, Song of the Chimney Sweep was the first uh, published novel. And then, uh, so you know, what what made you decide to go and go, I'm going to publish a book? What made you? What, yeah. Tell us about this journey. We'd yeah, like to go on a journey been, with you. It has been quite a journey um, because, I mean, I've, I've always considered myself, you know, inside a writer. Um, but as a child, I also was uh, really into performance and music, vocal performance. And there was a time in school I remember my, my dad was in the Air Force. We were stationed in England and I was going to school on base and you had to choose going into a certain grade. I don't remember, probably from middle school to high school or something. You had to choose a focus, you know? So, um, and I had a, an English teacher that, um, you know, recognized, I guess, some writing ability and put me in a, in a special group that he had made. But, um, so I could do that after school and, uh, and that was great but I chose uh, choir and band. And, uh, and so I just wrote myself, I wrote uh, musical lyrics and songs all my life, poetry, and I did you know poetry competitions along the way, but I also um, met my husband in high school and we got married soon after. And then like two years after that, we had our first child and um, you know we were still very young and life was, I still can't believe we are where we are at now. Um, uh, we just realized it's our 35th like dating anniversary since we started dating. Um, wow. wow. Congratulations. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I did musical things along the way. I, I started um, started college on a musical, on a vocal scholarship, and I had my own uh, band, like I was a wedding singer, you know, I had my own, uh, I was a band leader. And um, so, uh, in those years, writing was poetry, short stories just for myself when I had time, when I went back to school, you know, when I wasn't, uh, for a while I was homeschooling my kids or, um, you know, having children, um, poetry and song, music. Um, but uh, somewhere along the way, I also <laughs> fell in love with, I was always looking for something that I could do as a stay-at-home mom to tribute to the family, but not, you know, just to stay available to the kids at that, those important years. To me, that was important. And um, I started a, a custom cake business. And so that was like my thing for like 13 years, I owned a, a cake shop and I did wedding cakes and it was, it was a lot, but it was sort of to, to help the kids through school you know, when, once they got, and once they got out of college, 
I sold the building and I remember my last cake delivery, my last wedding cake delivery. I, my husband came with me and I got in the car and he had put this beautiful book. I think I have it. Some, oh yeah, it's right here. Beautiful notebook with a, with a lovely saying on the front and a pen, you know, with an Ernest Hemingway saying. And, you know, it was like, now you can you know, focus on this thing that you really should have been, been doing. And so that was wonderful. At that point, I had written a book and entered it in the Florida Writers or yeah, Florida Writers Association uh, Royal Palms competition, and it ended up winning for blended genre actually, <laughs> because it wasn't one genre; it had a mystery and and a little bit literary. And so that's been the last few years. Just um, it's just, I guess that competition made me feel like, oh, okay. I I've always thought I could write. <laughs> But other people say I can write, so maybe I really, you know, maybe I really can, and and so it's it's been it's been wonderful being able to focus on it full time, um, you know, now that the kids are all out of the house and it's it's my time. That is awesome. That is an awesome story in the cake business. I have a friend that has a cake business. Oh, that yeah? is a lot of work. It, oh. You know. You you're like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And then you realize what it takes to do a to your wedding cake. And exactly, you're like, mm. exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, I was, I was into all that, you know, the sugar flowers and going to competitions and all that. It, it was just, it was a very, it's a very stressful business. And I, again, I, I wanted to um, keep it small enough that I could do everything myself, even though I never did it from home. I, you know, I had my, my, my shop and everything but I could close up and leave anytime or I could go in the middle of the night and work you know when when the youngest high school boy was you know done for the day or whatever so um so that's great but that meant I do everything except on the weekends when you know my husband would come with me on deliveries and stuff like that but um and I have to say I do not miss it ever I never ever people ask me all the time ever miss making wedding cakes and no not ever, not ever once ever have I ever said, why did I ever stop doing it? It was hard. It, you know, there are so many jobs if you do it yourself, you know, there's the meeting with the clients and the brides, you know, <laughs> with brides in a very stressful time of their life and the, all the way down to the shopping and cleaning and taxes and insurance and <laughs> deliveries and, oh, it's a lot. So, um, I mean, it's, writing, writing is hard, but it, it feel, it's just, it's such a, to me, it's just such a joy. Like I get to, I get to do this. I can't believe I get to just. Well, I was going to ask you because you just, you did a perfect segue into, oh. even with a small medium press, um, authors have to do marketing and PR for themselves. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how great your publisher is with you. You have to do it. That's where we are at from an, um, an author writing standpoint. So yeah. you mentioned you know, you make cakes and stuff and then all the little things that you have to do in order to accomplish it. So what has that transition been like now that you're learning all the marketing and all the, you know, uh, social yeah. media and events and even like being on a podcast that you yeah. suddenly have to do that you weren't like, well, I thought I was going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think it actually kind of helped me to realize that there's nothing sort of in the artistic world anymore that you can do without doing those those things, you know, the marketing, mm -hmm. social media and all that. So I'd gotten uh, relatively good at um, social media for the bakery. And, um, you know, I also like uh, 
sort of utilize the writing in the bakery when you know I'd write like um, tutorials for American Cake Decorating magazine or um, or just posts, you know, just writing about uh, what it's like to you know to own a, a cake shop or for the local the you know the local um, sort of it's not a fashion magazine but you know the what's going on local magazine called um, uh, Jacksonville Magazine. Um, so uh, I didn't come into it blind and um, uh, I was already following a lot of writers so I could see what they were doing. You know, my whole Instagram feed is nothing but agents and, and writers. And I was like, wow, it's, it's the same, the same thing. So, you know, it is, it is true. And, and I am, I'm at a point right now where I'm starting to, to feel like, um, you know, because the last few months have been the way they are with, you know, getting the Una book ready and, um, and marketing the first book, um, like it's gotten out of balance you know, um, it, it's all, all marketing and, and that type of thing right now. So, and I've got four or five ideas, four or five, actually, I think it's more than five files on my computer of books started, ideas started and, and you know, charts and graphs of where these different stories could go. Um, but I'm the type of person who kind of feels like all that other stuff has to be done first before I can just sit down and write. And that I think is going to have to change. I'm going to have to. I would say yes. Yeah, like from this time to this time, every day can be social media. But other than that, well, um, it's interesting because there was actually writing. There was actually an article that came out from Written Word Media, and this article, and I'm going to say we're recording in December because this is going to air a little bit later. But Mm -hmm. it said the average time. And they have stages for different income, but it says stage one is average books published is five, believe it or not, right? Mm -hmm. And this is for mainly, uh, there's a lot of people that don't, that do this and have to have a day job, right? The majority of people have a day job that are doing it, but it said the average weekly hours you should spend marketing is five. Wow. So I think one thing too just because um, even if you write books in different genres, you're writing several books. One of the things I think a lot of authors don't realize is you're going to put a lot of effort into marketing this book one, but you'll get the sales from marketing a book one, even when you have a third or fourth or fifth book out, because you want them to buy all the books, even if it's not the same genre, they like you as a writer, they're going to keep buying your books. Mm -hmm. And if you sort of spend and do all this stuff on book one book two then it's sometimes hard for some of these places to go back and go but now I have a third book there's a lot that will go oh great but there's some that are like but we already had you on the show or we already did an article about you you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and you've lost those potential other sales so just something to think about as you're moving through this journey because of course we all want our first books and stuff to be the best sellers right but Sometimes it takes going into book three or four. I mean, I'm also about to share with um, the authors, my authors, um, you know, there was a tweet, somebody tweeted and said, two people showed up for my book signing. Right? Yes. Like, yeah, we had zero, me and Terry Pratchett. So thanks. Right, and, yeah. <laughs> but that gives you perspective to go, there is a point of success, but it's not usually in book one is the point of success. Right it's multiple books. So just something to think about. So you prioritize getting more things for people to buy and then go down a path of, hey, buy my things now because I have more things for you to buy. 
Good to know. Yeah, and no, it's a, it's a good thing. So this is an exciting change in journey for you. And I, I think that is so sweet that your husband put the little like you should write. Having a supportive partner in, in this journey, I think is phenomenal. Like I, I don't think that you can do this. It's, you can do it alone, but it's harder to do it alone if you don't have somebody who's there supporting you and understanding your craziness when you're a writer and you're right. like, yeah, or like having conversations with yourself and you're like, I'm talking to my characters, get away from me. Like, <laughs> exactly. Or if you're at dinner and I've always done this, but you know, you, I think most writers have this problem. We can't stop eavesdropping on people or what's going on over there or what, who are they to each other or, you know, and he knows I get that glazed over look over dinner and he's like, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I mean, we have been together a long time, so he knows, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely invaluable. I'm sitting, trying to pull out of the stack this book to show you. Thank you. Oh, that would be fantastic. Oh, oh, look at how pretty. Oh, oh. I love that. I'm not going to say that. what it says on it because this is for our YouTube viewers that they can go check this out and see what it says, but it's oh, yeah. absolutely amazing. Isn't that sweet? It's so very sweet. sweet. And then the pen was, uh, I've, I've never had a pen like that. It was one of these fountain pens and it had Ernest Hemingway quote on it. So sweet. So yeah, he's amazing. <clears throat> very supportive. So that is absolutely a huge part of, of all of this. That's very cool. So I have a question before the break was, what was it like to get your first book in your hands? Oh my goodness. It's right here. It was it was crazy. And to open it up, and honestly, I have a very bad memory. And so I I opened it up and just started reading. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Who wrote that? Like, I wrote that? Did I? It, just to see. And, and then at, after a while, you know, you, you, you remember the moment when you wrote a certain part or when you had that idea mm -hmm. or when, and you figured out how to, you know, how to flesh it out and, and then to see it inside a book. You know, it's just, it's incredible. It was incredible. Just amazing. Really I, I think that could be one book. of the most incredible moments is when you get your books in your hands and mm -hmm. you're like, I'm, I did a thing. Here's a thing it's that here. I this is proof. I really did it. Cause you know, uh, I, I could feel it, you know, telling people, you know, now I'm, now I'm an author, <laughs> you know, people who've known me a long time, like, okay. You owned a band, you, you know, you ran a band, and then you had a bakery. Now you're an author. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. And, and, um, you know, to actually have it and say, see, I did it. I did it. <laughs> it's real. There's pages in there. Look at that. I wrote all those things. People actually Look, said, my name's on it. <laughs> yeah. People said, you yeah. wrote all that? I was like, no, I just, what, how did it happen? Oh, people say the weirdest stuff when it comes to art. They, yeah, they, they really, do. You know, it's also like, it's interesting because when my friends go, oh, can I have a book? I know this sounds terrible, but I'm like, no, you can buy a book. Nope. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You can buy one. Mm -hmm. Like I give other uh, review. There are three humans on this planet. I give copies of my books to three. I birthed two of them. So like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what all it. my kids are getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting because 
it's kind of like the cake business and things that you do. People, I have no exactly. doubt you have friends that have assumed that it would be free or at some ridiculous discount for doing it. And you're like, the work isn't any less for, for doing the activity. So assuming mm -hmm. like you spent a ton of time writing that book, you can go buy one. And then on top of that, go leave me leave a review. A review. A exactly. Buy a couple, give it to some people, <laughs> help a sister out. Would you get, um, because um I, yeah I, like you said it's 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 almost exactly like when i did cake and people people actually thought they were doing you a favor you know it'll be advertising for you you know to have your cake at our wonderful event but like if if i spend a week you know a, a cake takes a lot of time and planning especially the kind i used to do was like you know the like cake balls you know those kind of with lots of things on them and you know handmade stuff and it takes a long time. And if I'm doing it for free for you, then I can't take a paying order from someone else mm -hmm. either. Not only is it free, but I'm also, you know, I, I can't take any other orders. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any other, you know, industry, not industry, but I, I feel like it's only artists of different kinds who go through this. No, it's true. There, there is, there's one, I'm going to throw it out and then we really have to take a break, but okay. I have a friend, I have friends that do hair, mm. they're hairdressers and they've been hairdressers they for artists. years and years, go to school and all that. Mm -hmm. And the amount of friends that they meet or people they meet that come to see them that then expect them to give a discount. I think this happens even if you're a mechanic, something like I get it. They're your friend and you can put a business, but look to see one, is your friend any good at what they're doing? Cause yeah. just cause they're your friend doesn't mean they're necessarily good at whatever the hell you have them <laughs> asking them to do. And two, are they in the price range you want to do it? I had a friend that used to teach and do like the big hair shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And people would, you know, befriend him and think that he's going to give them a $10 haircut. He's like, my man's haircut started $80. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go see somebody like that? Because that's what you have to choose yeah. when you're doing that and not expect him to be like fantastic Sam's where it's $10 to get your exactly. hair buzzed. Yeah, same. it was the same with cakes. And it's the same. Well, is it the same with books? I don't know, but you have to go to, you have to go to a commercial break. We got to do a break. We'll come back to this. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Okay. Hey, hey, we're monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys. Almost 12 years old. Davy Jones was it for me. <laughs> I was having problems dancing and tambourining. I got overzealous <laughs> and overly excited. Like we've had our own little version of Monkey Mania 50 years later, which is just crazy. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. 
You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. We're back on our discussion of professions that I know I think <laughs> in the book profession, I think where it can come into play That's is two places is, and this is where I found it at least. One is people expect free books from you or they expect mm -hmm. like a very discounted book, right? And don't realize that part of the acknowledgement in the real world of your writing is books sold and books reviewed because that's it's all metrics on these sites to tell you whether or not, you know, you know, you're worth anything as mm -hmm. far as they're concerned. The sites, you're worth millions, but, and yeah. then <laughs> um, the other place that I've seen is people have asked me to write things for them. You're a writer. Mm -hmm. Will you do this ad for me? Or you're a writer. Will you do mm -hmm. this? Thing? And I'm like, uh, mm, well, are you going to? Now, some friends I help out. Obviously, if they're like, hey, <laughs> I wrote this ad for this thing. Do you mind helping? Like, there's totally helping people out. But it's different when somebody you barely met or something comes up and is like, hey, can you write this thing for me? And I'm like, no. No. Uh, um, no. But you get that with medicine too, as a nurse. I get that for really? medical advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got this thing on my back. Could you just take a quick look at it? Yes. Or, oh, I've got, okay, so I have this. And I'm like, I can help out to a point, but at some point my license comes into play. And no, I can't do that. That's outside my scope of practice. Yeah. I find medicine is the same way. People oh, want like a quick, yeah. they, you know, they usually, they're like, I have one question, just one question for you. Real and quick, then real they quick. want, yeah you know can you just look at this for me just one quick look and i'm like i i can't you know or can you get this prescription no i i, I can't oh get a prescription goodness. i can't help you so i i think medicine is also the thing that everybody's looking for a freebie for because they don't want to go to the doctor or you know something like that so yeah, i think yeah. medicine's the other side of it yeah, yeah no i think yeah. it's probably i i bet if we did a survey people go ahead and comment is this a thing like yeah do you what profession and what do people expect of you? That's a good idea. It's, it's, it's definitely a weird thing. I love how off topic we get about stuff here. <laughs> yeah, we went weird. Podcast, it's fine. We go left. Okay. So let's talk about you. Um, you were, uh, you know, you had all these wonderful kids that have grown up. What is it like now having like peace and quiet to be able to write? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very weird. It's, it's really kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and we're still in the same house that they, you know, all grew up in and, and um, we have, it's a small house. We made it work while they were, while they were here, you know, but um, we've, we've kind of made it for two people getting up there who want to, we would like to stay in the same house. So, you know, when, when they want to come home, it'll be here, but it's, it's weird, but, but I've always been of the mindset that I've never been one of those parents. that's like, oh, don't grow up. Oh, you know, never grow up with their kids. I feel like that's, or maybe it was because I did have my kids so young. Um, you, you know, I had them all in my twenties. I was done by the time I was 28, you know? Um, so, um, I've just always felt like it's your job 
to raise them to be decent human grown-ups and you know let them be functioning adults in the world so to be able to see them all um doing that to the best of their abilities is it's, it's wonderful and and it's a big blessing that they all do want to stay in touch that none of them are too far away at the at the moment um and even when they are they they want to stay in touch and so i think that's you know more than i can ask for to have you know kids that i would like to i like to hang around with you know they're, they're humans that i like to, to spend time with and they and i hear from them all every day and and it's and it, that's wonderful so so yeah i've 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 I, I enjoy being um i don't have a problem being alone you know like when COVID happened and our one daughter moved back home from uh she had gotten a job in cleveland she's uh working on her architecture um uh licensing and she had a job up there um so she came home during COVID, and my husband was working from home during COVID, and i had just gotten my own like office and my own space to to write in and but so all of a sudden everybody's back home i was like this is really great but like i was just about to <laughs> i was just about to like i was so home. close to not having any of you guys here so close <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have people have a drink before interview though i'm not sure i've admitted that before but you know it, it was wonderful for for them to be home and i love when my husband works from home but i also i don't have a problem being by myself you know i like spending the day writing and we i got a, a dog thinking that that was going to be my my companion before COVID, <laughs> and so that, then we ended up with you know three people and a dog instead of just me and a dog during the day but anyway um uh so you know it's weird it's a new phase of life but i i just choose to embrace it and you know enjoy each day and um just hope for them to have all they want out of life and and let me be a part of it no i think that's fantastic and it's great that you raised good good people i i have two they live in different states than me even when yeah. they go farther away Trust me, the relationships there. And then it's so much yeah. more fun when they come to visit. Mm -hmm. What do they think of your writing? Have any of them read it? Um, yeah, the girls both have. Uh, I don't think my son has, and my daughter-in-law has. Um, and they, they, they were actually a lot of help. Each of them you know, came back with different little things and um, they were great beta readers with the, with the chimney sweep, on the chimney sweep. And um, um, I think they, they've all been really, supportive and you know tell their friends i'm on the writer <laughs> so that's nice oh, that's, cool. that's very cool yeah. <laughs> wow wow that's uh i mean i think that's neat when when kids read so let's talk about your is this your writing space do you did you set up your office it, it well this is the current one this this room is eventually supposed to become a bathroom this was our youngest daughter's bedroom <laughs> we had split a room into two for the two girls when they became teenagers and so this space uh was part of our youngest daughter anyway <laughs> it's a, it's going to become a bathroom the room that the guest room that was my office my, my husband uses when he works from home now so but um now that things are sort of settling out with how things are going back to normal with uh you know office work and he knows how much he needs to be there and he has we have a new plan um 
So this is a little bit temporary, um, but it's nice. Um, it's very nice. What about, what is your favorite kind of environment to write in? Like, where do you enjoy, do you need it quiet? Do you like music? Do you need to play Hallmark movies in the background? I heard that the other day. That was a thing. So really, wow. You know, I, I cannot listen to music. I think it's just because of my musical background. And I'm sure, you know, it's that way for a lot of people. Some people just, you know, they, they need music going when they're trying to think. I cannot, because all I can think about is what I'm hearing. You know, if it's, if it's someone singing or, you know, the song will get stuck in my head and I just cannot focus on anything else when there's music playing. And so I can't do that, but I do like just a quiet space. I, lo I love working at the dining table. Um, Chimney Sweep was all mostly written at the dining table. And um, the, the only thing I have discovered is ear plugs, not, the, not like, you know, to listen to stuff, but um, to drown out outside noise. That helps me a lot. Um, and uh, just a, a comfortable chair. Oh, and my one like indulgence that, you know, when I'm really writing and I'm trying to get a certain number of words a day and I'm, you know, really buckled down is the split keyboard um, where you can put the two pieces wherever you want. And I can just kind of sit however. And, you know, you, you don't have to have your hands in one position. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the split keyboard. So that's my one sort of um, indulgence. The other thing that's really helped a lot is um, is uh, using Scrivener because it was the one thing that I found that sort of worked like my brain works. Like I tried to create something like that with what I had at my disposal with my laptop. And when I found Scrivener, I was like, this is it. Someone else understands exactly how, you know, I want to lay everything out and to be able to, to see you know, a, a folder for each chapter or a place to, you know, stick in a new scene or to be able to move things around and just drag and drop. So I love that. <coughs> I know There's that a lot of, a lot of people. So you are obviously a plotter then if you're a Scrivener fan. You know, I, I, I am, but I think that I, I think that I want to think that I am. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I like to have, I, I like to know uh, where we're going, how it's going to end, the, the important things that are going to happen. But the but I do really love letting something just get discovered because I, I remember when I first started, you know, really doing this um, seriously and listening to, to podcasts or uh, I watched a lot of YouTube, you know, writers <clears throat> talking about how when they're pantsers, how the character would just starts doing something and then I have to write it. And I would be like, okay. That's okay if you say so. And I just didn't believe that that was that, that was possible. And then, and I remember the first time that happened. Um, it was with the was this the it's called the parts of the show the, the one that was uh, in the Royal Palm Awards, um, where you know I knew what happened what needed to happen in a scene, and one of the characters just it just made sense. And of course, it's coming from your own brain. You know, you're making you're making it up, but it's because your brain is, you know, putting itself in this character's place and um you know things that I didn't think were going to happen started happening and I was like well that's really good you know thanks Tanya <laughs> made up character thanks for that you know <laughs> <laughs> and um uh so I do think that uh the more I write the more evenly distributed those two things are the plotting and dancing for me I have to have some kind of an outline I definitely want to know how it's 
how the story's going to end. I don't necessarily need um, to know what the final scene is, like how the book ends, but I need to know how the, the arc is going to end and, you know, what important things are going to get us there. But I really have found that I enjoy, um, um, let, you know, letting some of those things um, kind of percolate and, and, and letting the characters, you know, do what they're going to do. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes they'll do stuff and you can't just let them. <laughs> it, it might be good, it might be bad, you know, and then the next day they'll come up with something different, which is kind of the beauty of, of being the one who's, who's uh, writing the story. Well, and I think, you know, your writing can change, like whether you outline, whether you have to have, because as you grow as an author, and I, I feel like it's kind of like, almost training some people have to stick with Scribner drives me crazy but I am like so far into Panzerville like I'm on the edge of whatever else is on the other side of Panzerville because <laughs> I I do not I sometimes have a couple bullet points and by bullet points I mean one like line sentence yeah. things that and mm -hmm. that's mainly for one series that I write because it's about uh it's a it's my home on whore island series and it's about a woman who has different um kind of one night stands basically for lack of a better way of saying mm -hmm. it and i just have the the guys names like and what the encounters are but not even oh, okay. in any particular order just like what they are so i can include them and they don't all make it in the books and but other than that i just have to write because if i do that i start getting myself wound up into whatever I'm putting down versus like the story playing out. Oh, but yeah. I know some people that like have to write a huge outline and they have to have all yeah. this in the chapter synopsis and they have to have that all mapped out and mm -hmm. then they can go write. And they tell me that and they're like, I, I have my 50,000 word thing and then I'm going to go, and I'm like, like you're more than two thirds of the way through one of my books, like 50,000 words. Yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? Right, yeah. right. It's so funny how, how completely different, different. Uh, different minds differently different minds will uh, uh, respond to the to the job of writing of getting those words on the page yeah no I, I, I agreed agreed okay so let's talk your book came out have you done any in-person events with it yet yeah um I did a few book signings here in the Jacksonville area in Fernandina uh, it, it's a, a town nearby Amelia Island in Fernandina um, and they were pretty successful. I have a um, an author talk, a lit chat at the local library coming up this Saturday, actually, um, which I'm looking forward to. I've never done anything like that before. But the reason we're, we're having it there is that there's actually that, that <coughs> library and the park that, that that library is situated on is very near my house. And I had learned at some point that writing the book, that the Allman Brothers, when they first got together as the Allman Brothers, um, was here in Jacksonville and I didn't realize that it was like a mile from from my house the house that they all lived in and crashed in and they would do these um uh free jam session concerts Whoop, almost dropped my wine um at the uh <laughs> don't do that at, at the park there that which was the park I used to take my kids to when they were little and I never knew all all these years that that was the case anyway um so we're having that that lit talk there um, and, uh, so yeah, I've had one, two, uh, I think I've had two signings, um, and, and they were, they were pretty well attended, um, not all 
only my family members. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they were good experiences. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I've got one site, one local one lined up for uh, only Una in March of next year, but, uh, but that's it on, uh, right now. And we did a, a um, uh, we call it a virtual book tour. Yeah, oh, yeah. Book tour. the publisher um, mm -hmm. Orange Blossom set that up, which was that was cool. Um, you know, they each did a review and they shared it everywhere. And that was very helpful. Got lots of uh, book club followers from that. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a lot of learning the last few months. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, being flexible and, and just trying to um, take things as they come and, and, and uh, learn as I go and figure out what works and, you know, what are the best ways to, to connect with, with potential readers um, working on the newsletter a lot too so um, newsletter is key yeah. like if you could pick one promo item I would say newsletter yeah yeah because um like 20 to 25 percent of your newsletter following will purchase your next book mm. so I'm not I'll great at the math everybody listening go and sign up for my newsletter please then exactly well you're <laughs> gonna get to shamelessly self-promote in a minute okay, here so okay that is going to be good. Um, oh my goodness. I had a question. Um, oh, oh, so what are you, it, this is what happens when the gin and our handpicked <laughs> elderflowers come into play. So bizarre, <laughs> handpicked elderflowers. Um, I just, I just want to say, that I, I, I want to say they're handpicked and I go, okay, so how does one do that with any sort of scalability? And I mm -hmm. just imagine like somebody delicately, like you see in the little videos, yeah. but just in a basket like, yeah that's how I imagine it that is probably not how it goes but and then it says handpicked it doesn't say what kind of hand though mm. maybe mm. they've Robot trained hand. like cats or something to go oh like, it it doesn't say it's it's a little bit it's a little bit misleading okay that's where my brain goes as a writer I go how do I write this story handpicked elderflowers no just kidding oh but let's talk about what are you working on now? So I know you're doing editing on a book that's going to come out, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's finally, that's all done. The, the last formatting was done a few weeks ago. And um, so, you know, now I really, besides marketing, I don't really have an excuse not to actually start seriously giving time to writing again. Um, I okay, so first, what's uh, the next idea then? Oh, well, I have several and, and uh, I, I had several uh several ideas with a couple of chapters written and then i went to my first um writers retreat with um women's fiction writers of america and um they had every day they had like writing sprints and i'd never done a writing sprint before i always saw you know writers getting together to do it and um i'd never done it but i said well i'm here let me just let me see what what's the value of this you know and I couldn't, I really couldn't believe how, how well that worked for me. I don't think it works for everybody. And I really wouldn't have thought it would work for me, but I took one of the ideas that, you know, was for, was the sort of strongest in my head and just started imagining a first scene. And, um, you know, I got like two chapters of that done just during um, a couple 45 minute writing sprint sessions. 
And so I think that's the one I'm going to focus on. That one is, uh, you know, my mom was from India and my dad is, uh, uh, well, his family was Polish and French Canadian. Anyway, I had this idea of somehow having two characters that, you know, are on some sort of an adventure together um, with those types of separately, those backgrounds, not like me, you know, being all of those things. Um, so the, the scenes that I got written were actually set in India uh, during, gosh, who was it? I think the future King Edward's visit, which was a real event. Um, and I absolutely loved what, what came out with this character who's sort of like a fantasy version of my mom. Um, and, uh, but then I had another idea that uh, plays on my you know, musical theater background and I really like, and I think Ariel really likes that idea. <laughs> so um, uh, once I actually, you know, buckle down, I'm gonna have to obviously pick one or blend them. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that's where I'm at. Well, or you can focus on both. Writing sprints are a brilliant idea. I think if you are having a hard time making time for writing, creating writing sprints, even four or five minute writing sprints where you just mm -hmm. use 20 minutes of your time. Yeah. One, you get, I think, train yourself to be faster and thinking right. about it instead of dwelling in your story. Right. And two, right. I think it could be great to go, I'm going to take you know, an hour to do writing today while well, I'm going to do, you know, five 20 minute sprints or whatever mm -hmm. to, to get you through the, you know, three 20 minute sprints. I can't do that. Like, they're like, do not try. <laughs> I knew where you were going that. with it. It's okay. It's I, okay. I appreciate that, Danielle, because it was, <laughs> it left, it left the building. Okay. <laughs> That's good. So, Tamitha, let's do some shameless self promotion. Where can people find you in your books? Okay. Um, well, my uh, my website is a good sort of hub for all that. It's just tamithakane.com. Um, I'm on Linktree. I'm most active on social media. I'm most active on um, Instagram, which just works the best for me. But I uh, also have a Facebook author page, Twitter, even dabbling in uh, TikTok a little bit. So, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, and there's a blog on my website. And of course, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, uh, you can do that at the website. Um, where else? Where else? Uh, I think, you know, for like, like everyone's uh, these days, if you're on social media, the most instant, the quickest way to get information out is, for me, it's Instagram, but, but social media. So if you're going to follow me on, on um, social media, I would suggest Instagram. Um, I try to do something there every day or share something there every day right now I have a really cool giveaway going on um, which is um, uh, well I, I guess I didn't talk about Una very much uh, Una O'Neill Chaplin but um, I actually made friends with her just over the internet with one of the Chaplin's um, children she lives in Columbia and they had eight children and um, she told me uh, some wonderful information about about her mom that's included in the book and one thing she told me was that her mom loved red lipstick. And so I uh, found, uh, there's a company called Besame Cosmetics. And yes. All, do you know do you know them? Yes, yeah. I love them. They're so cool. And they do all that sort of uh, vintage inspired mm -hmm. uh, and also uh, cosmetics. And they also actually bring back um, formulas sort of modernized yep. to what's available today. But they had a lipstick. Um, yeah, I thought Besame would be the perfect you know, a Besame lipstick would be a perfect giveaway, right? 
So I went on their website and they actually had it, some lipsticks broken down by years, like inspired by certain years. Yeah. And they had one that was 1925, Forever Red. And Una was born in 1925. So I was like, oh my goodness, it's perfect. That's so perfect. And the little, the tube is so pretty and vintage. Yeah. And um, they had a, uh, I, I don't know if it's for Christmas or if it's a, all, always going to be in their collection, but they had a, a nail polish and lipstick set. And so we're doing a giveaway of that. Um, you can sign up. It's on Rafflecopter. And um, to sign up for that, I think the easiest way is to, to um, just go to my link tree, which you can uh, find through um, uh, through Instagram. It's right there at the top. Um, and there are lots of ways to sign up for that. So share it with your friends and, and all that. So that's going on for, I think, a couple more weeks. Um, Oh, I'm on Goodreads. I would love a follow uh, on Goodreads or, uh, of course, uh, you know, rating or a, or a uh, review there. That would be great. Um, Song of the Chimney Sweeps doing pretty well over there. Um, we've done those giveaways, too. So it, it would be good to, to follow me on Goodreads, I think, because um, I really love doing book giveaways over there. And um, we just one just got finished and it, it, it was really, really successful for the one for Una. And um, so I would say, you know, follow me on Instagram and Goodreads and, and you probably will, will um, hear whenever something cool is going on. Very cool. Well, you have been so much fun to have on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I really, really enjoyed it. Very, very cool. Thanks for being here. Guys, this has been Drinking With Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been the amazing Danielle Orsino. And we will see you guys. Oh, don't forget to like and subscribe. It's fine. My brain works so well after June, I promise. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. Of course, leave us a review. We would love to hear what you think. And we will catch you guys next time. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.